to Fantastic History. I'm Sarah. And I'm Clay. We're a husband and wife duo who enjoy telling each other about amazing events, people, and mysteries throughout history. Now, I've got a bit of an odd one for you this week. Okay. Join me, if you will, in the year 1869, where two newspapers have a serious rivalry going on that crescendos with one of them writing an inflammatory piece about how Napoleon sucked as a person and a leader. Oh, my. Yeah. Scandal. I know. Now, why this needed to be front page news almost 50 years after Napoleon's death is a mystery to me. But things got heated. The major problem with publishing the sort of unfavorable retrospective is it caught the attention of Prince Pierre Bonaparte, grand nephew of Napoleon and cousin of the current emperor of France, Napoleon III. Hmm. These dudes were pretty big fans of the first Napoleon, so you just kind of knew things were going to get ugly. Yeah. Uh, Now, Prince Pierre then penned a letter to the editor for the rival paper. And if you're wondering why I'm not giving the names of these papers, it's because I cannot pronounce them. Oh, okay. Because they are extremely French. (laughs) So a little bit more difficult than Leato. Right. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. and, And also tougher than like Prince Pierre. Yeah, Which is pretty pretty easy. The the uh, the Paris Times. Well, <laughs> if you listen to um, the episode about the uh, second tour de France, you will know that um, my my pronunciation of French is quite poor. Um, gave it a shot, but it's difficult, and it's just it's just um, names. Whereas titles of papers, I'm sure is. <laughs> nearly impossible for us it's kind of irrelevant to the story too it doesn't really matter what the names of the papers were gotcha but so prince pierre writes this letter ripping the other paper a new one calling them cowards and traitors etc etc and one of the owners of that first newspaper that printed the uh the you know meanie piece there was pascal grousset he was one of the, and by the way, I'm not going to try to do a French accent to like, just like, let's move on with our lives. Okay. Okay. So he was one of those guys the newsies were rallying against. He was like a European version of a Pulitzer or a Hearst who owned lots of papers all over the place. But so Prince Pierre's outraged letter to the editor still made it to Pascal's desk and he was pissed. No doubt. Like... Hamilton versus Burr sort of pissed. Okay. He demanded satisfaction. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Now, I really don't think we've yet to make it an entire month on this podcast without mentioning Hamilton. And by we, I mostly mean me. Um, <laughs> only you, I think. Just, oh, oh, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for it. Um, it's, it's really good, and I honestly just want to talk about Lin-Manuel Miranda all the time. Yeah. Um, But more than that, in its own way, uh, having seen Hamilton gave me, and Clay, I assume you too, a better understanding of how duels actually worked back then. Yeah, I I guess so. Although I'm I'm assuming there was a bit of um, sensationalization or changing a bit to make it a little more interesting. Yeah. But But we did learn the the 10 rules. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, even, you know, if that wasn't... uh, entirely accurate or if things were a little bit different in France, like it still gives you an idea that like there was an almost ceremonial process to oh, it. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's all these steps you have to go through leading up to it and stuff like that. Like it, just, it's not just like meeting behind the school and 
punching each other. Right. There's a decorum. Right. Well, the high school I went to, the thing was meet me at the dirt spot. If you heard somebody, like if these two people are like getting heated, and I say people, it was always boys. Two yeah. boys getting heated out in the courtyard at lunchtime, and one of them yells, meet me at the dirt spot. You know that they're waiting. It was like right off property in the graveyard across the street from our school. <laughs> there was this huge dirt patch, and that was like, I'm demanding satisfaction. Like, there's not going to be no principles there to break it up. I'm going to kick your ass. In the dirt spot. Meet me at the dirt spot in the graveyard. Like, it was... It was something. No kidding. Yeah. So one of the first steps in an actual duel, not teenage boys punching each other. Uh, once the demand has been made and then accepted is that the participants have to pick a second. Yeah. You have to have yeah. your second there with you. So Pascal selected two journalists from one of his French newspapers, Ulrich de Fonville and Victor Noir. Let's pause for a second. To let that marinate. Because Victor Noir is an incredible name. It's a good name. <gasps> oh my God. Straight out of like a... He's like the French James Bond. There you go. Victor Noir. Like, that's just crazy. Like, I'm obsessed with it. It's a bit on the nose. Well, and you know, <laughs> could be because that wasn't his real name. <laughs> his parents named him Yvonne Salmon. Uh Okay. Which, you know, I don't mean to be rude, but that's maybe not quite as epic of a name as Victor Noir. I would agree. Yeah. You know, I I wouldn't have the gall to bully somebody named Victor Noir, but Yvonne Salmon? Like, give me a reason <laughs> and I'll be merciless. Like, nah. <laughs> I'll be meeting him at the dirt spot. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> Anyway, so Victor and Ulrich headed to Prince Pierre's house to deliver a letter in which Pascal laid out a time and place for the duel. So that was, you know, part of their responsibility as his seconds was to get everything arranged. So can we take a pause just to just to verify? Yes. The whole reason for this um for this disagreement mm -hmm. is because uh of a letter that was um, that was critical of uh, Napoleon the First. Yes, who has been dead for fifty years. So it's just a critique. Yeah, that is spiraling. Mm -hmm. So Pascal actually accompanied them on this little excursion, um, but he waited outside while Victor and Ulrich went in. Um, now, as I understand it. You know, the, it's supposed to be your seconds are going to meet with the other guy's seconds. So they're expecting not to meet with Prince Pierre himself, but to deliver the letter to whoever his second was. I looked all over the place and could not find out who the second was supposed to be Okay, for Prince Pierre. Now, I would love to know what specifically was written in this letter because it sent Pierre into a total rage. He started going off about how he should be speaking with Pascal directly, not these two lowly randos who, by the way, <laughs> came into his house wearing pistol holsters. They came in armed okay. to his house to deliver yeah. this letter, and now he is pissed. All of this was unusual. Like the fact that they were being sent to Pierre directly, like I said, instead of hashing things out with whoever the second was, like that's problem number one. And especially if you're Pierre, you're like, why are you here? Mm -hmm. um, but then they showed up to the dude's house packing two pistols each. Yeah. 
that's not how things are supposed to be done. So add to that the fact that Pierre had a very short fuse and this was bound to end in disaster. Feeling insulted and cornered in his own home, Pierre slapped Victor Noir in the face, then pulled out a gun of his own and shot him. Oh my God. Victor stumbled out of the house and collapsed onto the street at Pascal's feet. A few seconds later, Ulrich comes running out screaming, Murder! Murder! It's worth noting that people later noticed bullet holes in Ulrich's coat as well. He and Pascal got Victor to a nearby apothecary shop for help, but he had been shot in the heart and died soon after. Mm. Terrible outcome for Victor, certainly. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of human history, this doesn't seem that noteworthy or like it's really that big of a deal. But let me tell you what. It was a huge deal to the socialist revolution that had been brewing in France. Oh. They were already none too fond of Napoleon III. So for his cousin, one of his primary defenders, to murder an opposing journalist in cold blood was the straw that broke the camel's back. One person who was especially outraged about this was political activist and social influencer. Lord, here we go. (laughs) Auguste Blanqui. The eponymous theorist behind Blanquism. Now, Blanquism was a sect of socialism that felt revolutions were best started by small secret organizations because they would be better able to infiltrate the government that way. Once they gained positions of power, they would reveal themselves to be socialists and they'd paint the town red, so to speak. Okay. Sneaky. Very sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, like, we're playing spies here. And then once I'm in, I'm going to let you all know. Okay. So as you can probably imagine, a guy like that is not going to be a huge supporter of a dynastic emperor. The outcry over Victor Noir's murder was the perfect spark to ignite the sort of fire he'd been hoping for. He managed to rouse a group of approximately 100,000 people to march in Victor's funeral procession by convincing them it was their civic duty to stand up to the Bonapartes to fight their way out of empiric oppression. Mm hmm. Yeah. But despite the size of the crowd, things remained peaceful at the ceremony. That is until Prince Pierre was acquitted of the murder. Not guilty. Not guilty. Not surprising. Uh-huh. Not surprising. Uh-huh. Riots broke out all over Paris. Mm. Also not surprising. Yeah. Um, it culminated in Emperor Bonaparte being overthrown, which kicked off the Franco-Prussian War. Mm. So let's take a moment to really look at this chain of events because it's wild. Somebody talks smack in a newspaper. Somebody else demands satisfaction. That person gets pissy and kills one of his opponent's seconds. And now we are literally at war for six months. Man. I mean, sure, that's a little like saying that the assassination of Franz Ferdinand caused World War One, when there was obviously a lot of other stuff at play leading up to that pivotal moment. But it's also impossible to deny that this random journalist ended up being tremendously important in the revolution that ended the reign of the Bonapartes once and for all. Yeah, you're right. Right? I mean, there's no way around it, really. Yeah. Victor Noir's death was a flashpoint. He became an iconic symbol to everyone who supported the eventual establishment of the French Third Republic. To honor his historical significance, his body was moved to Père Lachaise Cemetery in 1891. Now, to anybody listening, and especially if you're like a ghoul like me, 
And you're like, whoa, Père Lachaise sounds familiar. Like, I've heard of the cemetery before. Um, It's probably because it's the largest cemetery in all of Paris, and it contains the final resting places of many, many famous people, like composer Frédéric Chopin, uh, singer Edith Piaf, novelist Marcel Proust and Oscar Wilde, legendary actress Sarah Bernhardt, and Jim Morrison of The Doors. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of famous folks there. Yeah. And so it was a big honor for him. So originally Victor Noir had been buried in his, um, his village that he came from, mm-hmm. but you know, about, you know, several decades later, they were like, let's really do it upright. And they moved him to this huge cemetery with all these famous folks. So if everything I've already told you about Victor Noir has you thinking you understand why he's so memorable, I'm going to need you to think again. Again? Again. So while it's true that he was more famous in death than in life, his grave is more famous still. What? This is how somebody like Victor Noir catches my attention, by having a famous tomb, right? Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of famous tombs. (laughs) Yeah. The Taj Mahal. Sure. The the pyramids of Egypt. Yeah. Um, The pyramid in New Orleans that will be Nicolas Cage's. Yeah, tomb once saw, he dies. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Um, couldn't take that from him. <laughs> there is that. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm assuming this is a little smaller than. It, it, yeah, it's it's not quite the Taj Mahal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So his is one of those kind of like what you see in Arwen's vision for Aragorn after his death, where it's basically like a very detailed statue of him that makes it look like he's laying on top of his own grave. You know what I'm talking about in this? Scene? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's one of those. So when Victor was moved to Père Lachaise, he was given that style of grave marker. So just a giant marble slab with a life-size bronze statue of himself laying down on top of it. This statue was made by sculptor um, Jules Dallot, who intended it to depict how Victor looked in death. So it's, I mean, it's so detailed. It looks like a death mask of his face. Like it's very detailed. So he even included Victor's hat on the ground beside him. Like he dropped it as he fell coming out of the house. Mm. The boldest choice Monsieur Delot made though, was to give Victor Noir a very obvious penis bulge. Like, very obvious. My man. (laughs) So because of this, Victor Noir is now considered a symbol of fertility and good luck. Oh, yeah. Legend states that you have to first put some flowers in his hat that's there like the sculpture of his hat that's there on the ground you got to put some flowers in it okay then so there's this whole like there's a menu of like things that you want from victor right so if you want to get pregnant you need to rub his right foot like the tip of his shoe if you want to get pregnant with twins you need to rub the tip of his left shoe okay like harmless enough like weird but okay yeah but here's the thing If what you're looking for is a more robust sex life or to experience greater sexual satisfaction, well, you need to straddle him, kiss him on the lips, and grind up on his bulge like you are in the club. Oh, my. Uh Uh-huh. I'll post some pictures on our Instagram that show this, but Victor's grave is mostly that oxidized green color, like the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. But his feet, mouth, 
and of course, his penis bulge are all a bright, shiny copper like those parts of his statue are brand new. Because they've been polished. All the time. Wow. Uh-huh. So this has been going on for many, many years, but the popularity of the ritual exploded after legendary burlesque performer Dita Von Tees did a photo shoot while performing the ritual. I want to say it was in 2004. Okay. So many women were coming to see Victor after that, that the cemetery decided to put a fence around him to make the grave inaccessible. Oh, no. The ladies were not having it, though. They loved them a bit of Victor. They would not be kept out. After a tremendous outcry for Père Lachaise to free the bulge, the fence was removed. (laughs) So, hey, next time you're in Paris, if you're not into the Louvre and the Eiffel Tower doesn't impress you much, I think I know of another glorious monument that just might tickle your fancy. Oh, my God. Yep. So, imagine Victor comes back <laughs> through some <laughs> method. And it's like, what did my death mean? Uh-huh. And we're like, well, you're considered a god now uh-huh. by some. Like, oh, well, for, in what way? Well, well, but let me, let me tell you this, though. Like, what if they said, Victor, you're, you're a god now. A god of what? Um, a god of fertility. Okay, that's weird. Why like why is that a thing? Um, but then they're gonna show him this picture um of Dita Von Teese that I'm gonna I'll post this to Instagram. Um I don't feel like he'd be too upset. Wow, yeah. You, uh-huh. You're definitely gonna want to see this picture because it's 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 uh it's, it's hot cu- stuff. It's it's hot stuff. That's a cutie pick. And there are I mean, there are several pictures from this photo shoot. So this is just this has just become the thing now. This is the thing, yeah. And let me see. Um, oh, here's another one. This is not even anybody. This is not Dita Fontis. This is just a lady doing the uh, doing wow. the old ritual. I wonder who started this. And I tried to find that, and I couldn't. Yeah, um, I'm not surprised. Yeah, here's here's a picture of of the the shiny bulge. It is very shiny. It is, and the rest of him is very green. Oh man. Uh huh. But uh, I will say this. So I first, when I was first looking at this, see, there's his face. Yeah. Before I read about what the ritual was. And uh, I thought that his lips were like shiny and brass because people had been grinding on that too. Oh, well. Yeah. So I was like, whoa, my word. But uh, no, that's just from kissing, like normal kissing with kissing. Yeah. Sweet little kisses. Sweet, sweet little kisses while they're grinding them. And rubbing his toe. Rubbing. Oh, uh, yeah. If that's what you're into, you want you want those twins, girl. Touching toes. That's yeah. such a strange thing. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, it goes without saying, but. Uh-huh. He, he was chosen to be somebody's second in a duel. He got shot because some random prince was like pissed off with someone else. Yeah. Over something Victor had nothing to do with. And now he's got Dita Von Teese like all up on it. Yeah. Okay. All these years later. Yeah. It just it just goes to show how creative we are as <laughs> as humans, right? Yeah, we we are a very interesting animal with our our little rituals and and things. Yeah. Very strange. So hey guys, thanks for tuning in, spending some time with us today. 
Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that story. And if you did, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use. Uh, do check us out on Instagram. We'll have some some pretty cool pictures this week that I'm <laughs> very excited to share with you. They'll be slightly NSFW. They will be NSFW, but you know what? Data Von um, so, you know, if you're looking for those and you don't feel like Googling it, we are at Fantastic H Pod on Instagram. You can also shoot us a message at FantasticHistoryPod at gmail.com if you know of any amazing events, people, and mysteries throughout history that you'd like us to cover on the show. Or if you know of like any other cool like graves, um, ghost stories, haunted houses, like spooky things that happen to dead bodies like the cadaver synod, like mm. anything that you're like, this is historical and fucking gross and ghoulish. I'm going to send it to Sarah. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, if you, if you just want to say hello. Till next time, au revoir.